Amen, and thank you so much. And if you would take your Bibles today and turn to John 8, 12 and following. In just a moment, we'll read from several verses in John chapter 8. But I begin with a story that uh, I heard about. I'm too young to regularly know about this. But there was once a movie, I've seen some renditions of it later, but called The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But apparently the classic film that began was star, uh, starred a man named Lon Chaney Jr. Well, I don't remember that particular movie. I saw some later uh, versions thereof. But Lon Chaney was interviewed after the movie, and one of the things he pointed out was that to go through the part, he had to put on some kind of a brace to make him hunch over while he was doing the part. And this brace was very restrictive, and it just pushed him down. But he said that after weeks of filming, that became normal for him to be hunched over. And when they would take the brace off, it was very difficult for him to straighten back up. Well, the spiritual application of this, I think, is quite obvious. We can get so used to living a certain way that it becomes normal. We can get so accustomed to living a, uh, a sinful life, a less than godly life. We can even get so used to living in certain ways with strongholds that we fail to understand what it's really like. That's a little too much. Can you pull that back just a little bit on the volume? Just a little bit, Alex. Thank you. That helps a little bit. Yep, that's better. Thank you. Well, we can get used to living certain ways so long that it becomes normal, correct? We can live with mediocrity. I talked about that last week. So long that it becomes normal. Well, also, churches can do the same thing. Churches can get into certain habits and they begin living in certain ways, perhaps not really being relevant to the culture in which they live. They live with certain things. I used to teach young pastors about the danger of program paralysis. And one writer said, you know, if Southern Baptists ever, if culture ever goes back to the 1950s, Southern Baptists are ready. Because our churches sometimes still have 1950s-style programs for a 21st century world. Well, we can become so bent over and caught up in the way we do things that we fail to understand that sometimes we might need to change never the message, but maybe we have to change the method a little bit. But in our own spiritual walk, far more important is the truth that sometimes... We get so caught up living like we've lived for years or decades, we see it as normal. Well, the Jews, the Jewish leaders particularly, about whom we're going to read this morning, had begun to see their way of seeing life as normal. They were so caught up in the traditions of what they did that they failed to see the Savior had come. They failed to see a light had shone around them. And they couldn't even understand it. And they rejected it. We've studied that in chapter 7 and now into chapter 8 of John. They rejected that light. Pushed it away. And with tragic blindness rejected the Savior. So that's what we're going to be studying today. But 
as we begin with verse 12, let me remind you what we studied last week. We looked at this powerful interchange between Jesus and the woman caught in the act of adultery. Don't you know that woman, as I ended my sermon last week, she went back home saying, oh my goodness, I thought this was going to be my last day on earth. But look what that man did for me. And don't you know those accusers went home thinking, well, we thought we had her dead to rights. But now I feel more convicted than I ever have in my entire life. All because the light of Jesus Christ had shone upon them. So now let's look at verse 12, which we looked at last week. And really it does connect with verses 1 through 11. But I want to begin with it. Then Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am, what? Say it out loud. The light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the what? Light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you're testifying about yourself. Your testimony, therefore, is not valid. Even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is valid. Because I know where I come from, came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. But if I do judge, my judgment is true. Because I am not alone. But I and the Father who sent me judge together. Even in your law it is written that the witness of two men is valid. I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father also who sent me testifies about me. Then they ask him, where is your Father? You neither know me nor my Father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple complex but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come well we began this morning by seeing there is a tremendous statement and it is the one we've already echoed in verse 12 where Jesus stood before them and declared I am the light of the world the second I am, as I've already pointed out, in the Gospel of John. And by the way, this is the one verse I want you to memorize. John chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus claims that he is the light of the world. Now, he may have been making reference to the sun that was coming up. Look back at verse 2. We didn't read it, but it was in last week's text. What time of the day was it when they brought this woman to him? At dawn. So the sun may be coming up, and he is using the rising sun to refer to himself. He said, I am the light of the world. You may see the sunlight, but I am the light of the world. Well, you got to understand, he was once again claiming to be God because for the Jews to whom he was speaking, Jehovah God was the sun, and the sun represented Jehovah God, and it was a symbol, and that's mentioned both in the Psalms and in the book of Malachi. So he was again claiming, I am God. And I know you think Jehovah God is represented by the sun, but I am the light of the world. 
He also could have been making reference to the fact that in the Feast of Tabernacles, Tabernacles that they were celebrating at this time, also used what is called a candelabra. Now, if you've ever been in a Jewish home, you've seen the candelabra, haven't you? What's it called? Menorah. That's exactly right. And it was used at the temple and particularly at the Feast of Tabernacles to refer back to or to point back to that time when they were coming out of uh, the desert experience from Egypt and God gave them what at night to guide them a pillar of fire. And so this menorah, this uh, candelabra was lit at night during the Feast of Tabernacle and at other times to remind them of the light that God had shown to lead them through the difficult experience. And now here Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. You don't have to look any further. That which foretold my coming is past, but now I am the light of the world. What a powerful statement. I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness, but has the light of life. To follow the Lord Jesus means to believe on Him. To follow the Lord Jesus means to believe on Him, to trust Him. And the results of that following and that trust are light and life for the believer. You hear me? Those are supposed to be the results for following Him, to trust Him. The results are light and life. Now we know unsaved people walk in the darkness. The scripture pointed that out in numerous places. And the spiritual light of the Lord Jesus is now shining and people can't comprehend it. And we've already seen in chapter 7 and in the verse 20 that we just read, they will try to put that light out. They were constantly trying to find a way to get at Jesus. But he said, if you'll follow me, you'll have life and you'll have light. And we must ask ourselves the question this morning, have we let the light of Christ shine as we should? Have we let it flow forth from our lives unencumbered? In the latter part of that verse, it's so powerful because he says, if you have that light, you'll not need to walk in darkness anymore. So why would you live in old patterns when there's a new pattern available? Why would you walk in darkness and keep stumbling around and bump into things like you have been doing in your life when there's a light available to give you guidance? Have we walked in the light? Have we let the light of Christ flow unencumbered through us? Well, my friends, we need to ask ourselves, has he brought light to every part of our existence? Has it changed the way we act as fathers? Has it changed the way we act as mothers? Has it changed the way we act as grandparents? Has it changed the way we act in the neighborhood toward our neighbors, the ones that may not be the easiest to get along with? Has it changed the way we act at work? even with people that we supervise or those who supervise us, has it changed the way we act at school? Has it changed us? We need to ask ourselves, does the light of Christ flow 
And as we ask that powerful question, we need to ask, have others seen it? Now, it's good to be able to stand up at work, school, and say, I'm a follower of Christ. Well, bless your heart. But people care more about how they see you treat them than they care about what you say. People know that you care when you act like you care. Oh, my goodness. Uh, William and I were talking the other day, and he was telling me about a person that works for him. I can't can't remember her name. But he keeps getting letters about this lady that works for him. He was telling me about it before Christmas. I said, you better be giving her a good bonus, and he did. Well, this lady just, wherever she shows up, there's a situation where somebody has a need. And this woman meets that need. And she's not a wealthy person. She's not a person of influence and impact. But God keeps putting her in places where she can help somebody. And so he keeps getting letters. And these people have to look to where to find the letter. I mean, this is not like she's handing out a card and saying, send a letter to my boss. These people trace her down. They don't even know her name. And they describe her and say she works. I saw a thing on her. I'm telling you, it blessed my heart. But I'm thinking she is letting the light of Christ flow right through her. She's not doing anything for attention. She's not trying to draw any. She's just saying, I just wanted to show you the love of God in a practical way. I'm just showing you the light of Christ that's flowing through me. Are we letting that happen? We're in a world that is increasingly negative toward the way of Christ. It's time for Christians to stand up. It's time for Christians to do what Paul told us to do in Romans chapter 13, verse 12. And he said, put on the armor of light and let that light shine. Yes, we want to make statements. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm an unashamed disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But may our lives give uh, give attribution to that. May they show that. May they give absolutely a fact that we're complimenting it, not contradicting it. Well, there was a tremendous statement. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And he who follows me doesn't have to walk in darkness anymore. But will have the life of light. Well, the second thing we see is that there was a tragic rejection. It's so sad, isn't it? Don't you wish that everybody would have said, yes, he's the light. We submit to the light. But they said, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. In fact, We reject what you're saying because your premise is faulty. In fact, they cast doubt upon him, accuse him of bearing witness to himself. They say, no, 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 it can't be, it can't be. Now, had they not been there when he did what he did with the woman? I don't know. Maybe some had left, maybe some had stayed. uh, Because, I mean, what he did with that woman manifest a wisdom like they had never imagined existed. What he did when he ministered to that woman showed a compassion and a mercy. Did you see the video? It said, the light shows mercy. They'd never seen anything like that. In fact, the way they dealt with her and they dealt with others was not at all like the way Jesus did it. So they reject him, but they say, you bore witness of yourself, therefore it's not valid. Well, let me tell you, the light has to bear witness of itself. 
Only people who cannot see the light are blind people. And we see the spiritually blind people continue to reject Christ. It's happening today in the 21st century as the vast majority of people that live around you have rejected the light of Christ. They did it in Jesus' day. They're doing it now. But third and last, let's see this truthful explanation. This truthful explanation. And in verses 14 through the remainder of our text, we really see Jesus refuting their rejection. They said, you bear witnessing of yourself. And he refutes that powerfully. And he uses a word witness that's used, by the way, seven times in this interchange. He, he, he says, your witness is not dependable because your judgment is faulty. You, you judge on externals just like you did with that woman that was before us just a moment ago. But I'm telling you, I bear witness of myself as the Son of God. And the Father bears witnesses of me. You claim i got to have two witnesses. Okay, I have two witnesses. But they would not even listen to that. Jesus used their own law to answer them. And he refers to the two testimonies that they claimed they required. You see, they claimed to know the law of God. But they did not know the God of the law. Look at that. They claimed to know the law of God, but they didn't know the Lord, the God of the law, and he's trying to get through to them. Someone said, well, he never really did answer their question about where he came from. You know, I think Jesus finally, I mean, he not finally, he realized, you know, there are people going to argue about everything. You can tell them and tell them and tell them, but they still reject. And that's the way it was with these Jewish leaders. Now, I know we have to tell y'all a lot of things. Some people come to me and say, well, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Well, it was in the bulletin. Kevin announced it. Tim announced it. I announced it. It's on the website. And you got a, a telegram. You got a telegraph. You got a, a... Anyway, somebody said you got to tell them and tell them and tell them and then tell them you told them. But that's the way it is in the 21st century world. We just get so bombarded with stuff. I understand that. But Jesus kept telling these people the truth. And they continued to reject. But it was not just because they were desensitized with the amount of information like you are. It's because there was a spiritual hardness. In fact, Jesus really pointed out in that verse 19. He said, if you knew me. You'd also know my father. But they didn't because they were from another father, and his name is the devil. They did not know Jesus. They did not even know God, Yahweh, God. So we see a beautiful statement. We see the rejection of his teaching, and we see his explanation of his teaching. And it's my prayer that we will see him for who he is. It's my prayer that we will respond to who He is, the light of the world. And I pray that we will not allow this world's continued rejection to influence how we see our relationship with the Lord and our service to the Lord Jesus. And so as we conclude, I ask that you to say three things with me this morning, and we'll have them on the screen. I want you to say them out loud with me. First of all, would you say this with me? I believe that Jesus is the light of the world. Do you?
Will you also say with me, I commit my life to be open to the light of Jesus Christ. Would you let him come into your life today? Would you let his light change how you are at work, at school, in the home? Would you let that life change you? Next, I want us to say this together. I want my world to see the light of Jesus Christ shining through me this week. I want that, don't you? Let's not inhibit it. Let's be an influence for the good. Let's not contradict the way of Christ by the way we live, but let's complement the way of Christ by the way we live. I want the world to see Jesus in me. Oh, I do. I do. Don't you? Pray with me. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your powerful word. And God, may we go away from this place knowing and believing in the light of Christ and allowing that light to change us from the inside out. Father God, we do pray right now that you would continue to work in our lives a miracle of transformation, consecration. For today we commit it all to you. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.